0: Good morning. Good evening. Good afternoon. Wow. It sounds like I've, I haven't done Let's Humanize the Workplace in ages, but I'm also super busy doing a coaching training and so many other things. But I really wanted to talk about this conversation, about this topic, and that it's about self-development. So today I have amazing guest speakers. But before before we hit it off with the, with the guests, I wanted to highlight a topic that not a lot of people are aware that LinkedIn has this future right now. So I am going to share my window. Um, I am going to show something awesome and that is that LinkedIn has the opportunity where you as a skill can select that you are a dyslexic thinking or you have that skill. And the reason why is we want to normalize things. We want to be, transparent, but also show how be having dyslexia or ha- your way of dyslexic thinking, it's not a barrier. It should never be a barrier. And I saw this amazing post this morning. I forgot who it was. I saw this amazing post where this woman used it as, a, as her signature at the end that I might make some mistakes, but forgive me because I have dyslexic thinking. What if instead of torturing somebody for them making a mistake or burning them for them missing an eye or a dot or whatever point where it's not the grammar way to do things what if you hold your hand you keep your hand on your heart and say i forgive you but i'm still interested in you i still want to know more about you what if you can support that person isn't it about the context that that person is sharing. Isn't it about the insight, the text that that person is sharing and nobody's perfect. In the last few weeks or definitely during this pandemic, you have seen that everybody's not, there's nobody who's perfect. Maybe Beyonce, but that's a whole not a different conversation <laughs> that we can have. <laughs> that's another thing. But besides me tripping on the amazing performance that Beyonce did, that was if you haven't seen it, please watch it on YouTube. It's now my new song that I, I, I go for to get energy. But today, it's about self-development. So I am going to introduce all my guests one by one. Um, I'll start first with uh, Stefan. Stefan Tonnen is the VP of HR for EMEA at Insight. And Stefan advocates for people development, diversity and inclusion, technology and sustainable transformational change. Marine Ali, and I hope that I'm pronouncing your name all right. If not, please let me know. Uh, she is an experienced recruitment consultant working in the Dutch and the UK market passionate about inclusivity and wellness in the workplace. Scott Mason, a dear friend of mine, uh, he is an inspirational speaker with a profound commitment to the idea that every human being matters. Annelie Vonbeck is an intercultural trainer and speaker currently based in Amsterdam. Um, And Jared is convinced that organizational culture starts with people key partners to help organizations and show their how. Welcome everybody. And I am so excited to have you all here in this panel conversation live on LinkedIn on so many other platforms as well. But let's start with the first question, Jared. Why do we need to humanize the workplace?
1: Well, I think when you look at what's happened, it's a really good question. I think when you look at what's happened in the world, um, it's essential for organizations to accept their employees as a whole. And part of that is accepting all different components that they bring to the organization, not just task-oriented. So I think that's why it's really important that organizations need to um, to humanize the work environment.
0: Mm-hmm. Thank you. And Emily? Yeah,
2: for me, I think um, as someone who's recently gone freelance, I find the work environment is somewhere that we need to feel like we belong. And mm. that can sometimes be a very soft, difficult term to comprehend. Mm-hmm. Um, but if we do have a sense of belonging, that really humanizes the workplace. And we spend so much of our time, maybe not physically in the workspace, but mentally there. Yeah. Um, I think it's essential.
0: I agree. I totally agree. and. Um, when you see the trend that is happening where instead of the great resignation, there is a great reshuffle, you see that they all want, they are all asking questions about diversity, equity and inclusion and belonging. And people are doing their research about the company, but also about the vibe. So thank you for sharing that.
3: Uh, Scott. We are coming out of two years Mm. Maybe even a little bit more of profound transformation. Yeah, they were preceded by technological and communication, as well as and and cute kids like that that I just saw. Yeah, he just he just wanted to say that's my son by the way. <laughs> he's, <laughs> he's he's getting, getting older. older. What I'm talking about is the world that he's going to be living in tomorrow. Before the past two years happened, the rate of change and innovation was already happening. The world, in a sense, particularly from a professional and work perspective, was becoming more and more interconnected and smaller and smaller and smaller. Yet at the same time, for economic growth to occur, markets have to get bigger and bigger and bigger. On that, we have a pandemic where social upheaval has become the norm how Mm -hmm. people are thinking about their lives and what they want and what they expect from the world has dramatically changed now as we step into the future a little bit deeper those things are coming together and what that means is that using the word of your underlying theme amplify vivian amplification Mm -hmm. of everything is going to happen what does that mean in a new world where people are where the workforce is viewing its role differently. It means it better be human or those businesses that cannot amplify their own humanity are going to be de-amplified out of competitive ability to market themselves.
0: Yeah, I agree and also what I agree it, it might happen slower but what you what the companies will see or what teams or managers will see or leaders will see is that they are not able to grow faster they are not able to scale up or they're not able to compete with their competitor and if you see the differences between the competitor you see that the competitor is offering more humanity than the other so for which one are you going and i'm passing the mic to steven yeah i, th-
4: I think that scott is absolutely right i think that the work work is changing. You know, We mm-hmm. talk a lot about the future of work but we also talk about how the, the people itself are changing uh, and a lot has to do with the last five six seven years that we go more to a digitalized workforce and much more to people that don't necessarily work there. COVID just yeah. accelerated all the things that we're doing right now and now we need to humanize the workplace because work is changing our interactions are changing you know the way that we do panel discussions now is not live anymore it's all uh, broadcasters throughout different channels and therefore our hum- human interaction skills need to increase, therefore our importance, how work is done through anal- analytics, machines and all kinds of digital devices means that our interaction with humans have to be different as well. Uh, and I think that humans themselves know this, but how companies are going to reflect back and see how they can offer an environment where everybody is included. Uh, that's going to be the key in the next couple of years. Uh, and that's yeah. really, as Scott
0: already mentioned. Yeah, thank you. I, I, I like also the fact that you are mentioning that we have live panels right now where everything can be done virtually. However, there's there are still panels out there where I see mammals. I see a lack of diversity. Let this panel be an inspiration of you that if a mother can connect with so many people and reach out to so many people by just asking for help imagine what you as a big organization can do if you're asking for help and reaching out the right way i'm just leaving it there marine
5: yeah i think just literally everything that everyone has already mentioned but the world is moving so fast and like you Mm -hmm. mentioned as well there are so many companies out there People have so many choices, even though sometimes it doesn't seem like you have a lot of choices, but you do. And there's some companies that are really ahead of the game. And when I mean ahead of the game, it shouldn't really be ahead of the game. It should be the norm in terms of how people are being treated, Mm -hmm. how self-development is just a natural part of their strategy um, in terms of retention even, but just also letting people be creative and diversity plays a huge role in that. And especially if we look at the Dutch market where, you know, we are in a situation where we have to hire people from abroad. So that means Mm. we have more multicultural teams. There's so many different types of people coming into an organization. And with that, humanization of the workplace is, is just key. It should be number one priority, if anything.
0: And I'm already thinking about the benefits Right. When you have a potluck, all the different kitchens that you are able to taste, all the different cultures or the different all the different things that you can learn from each other's cultures, see the benefit that you can get out of that. I mean, we haven't organized uh, a a physical potluck. So I would say to to make it up for the last few years, every two months, a potluck, every two months, a potluck. I am all in for that. I can see I can see comments. So Michael, that's my my number one day one fan. Thank you, Michael. Also, Kat, uh, Katia, I'm hoping that I'm pronouncing your name right. Is absolutely, Michael was referring to Orlando. Yes, I'm noticing that Orlando is very shy. <laughs> <laughs> and Matthew is sharing if we are going to humanize the workplace will we now allow the workplace to be humanity-led or are we only allowing ourselves to be led by productivity? That's a very good question. That's a very good question because I'm seeing different trends. I'm noticing that companies are offering flexibility and companies are not offering flexibility, but that's a whole nother topic. Let's, let's go to Anna Lee because today's conversation is about self-development and I wanted to add more context to that Um, I started in my 20s I am will be totally transparent I'm 41 right now and when I started my career I thought that after I finished my studies that I'm done studying I'm done developing myself not realizing how many opportunities I missed because I wasn't connected with a mentor I did some self-development, but not into debt because I felt traumatized after getting my degree, doing so much learning. And now looking back, I wish that I could have said to myself, invest in your self-development, be in front of the bus." What what answer do you have to share when it comes to self-development, Anneli?
2: I think for me, I've been on a very steep learning curve of self-development the last couple of years um and often sometimes it takes something like bad health or for Mm. me it was a severe burnout which i did not recognize i didn't see the the signs it was actually my employer who saw it Mm -hmm. that is for me what led to to really exploring you know what makes me happy at work what gives me energy it's also quite a dutch or, or one uh, I hadn't encountered a Dutch idea, what gives you energy at work? Mm-hmm. I thought, well, it gives me a salary, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> but that the last two years, I've really seen the value of the privilege of self-development in one way. You know, I had the ability to kind of sit back and be given the support by my employer at the time. Yeah. Um, so I think a lot of self-development is, everybody can benefit from it the extent to which we can do it uh, often does depend on our circumstances Mm -hmm, and I I would suggest you know we're all we're always developing I don't think we've ever we'll ever reach a stage where we're done with learning at least Mm -hmm. not for me personally
0: yeah
2: and I really think that's how we grow Um,
0: so yeah it's a never-ending Exactly, exactly. And Maureen, where where does self-development come into play when a candidate um, a candidate is looking for a job? Mm-hmm. What part do you highlight the self-development part?
5: So just first of all, and this is literally 90% of all the candidates I speak to when they're looking for a job. One of the top three things is self-development that
1: mm-hmm. they're looking
5: for in a new employer. So, you know, they'll be looking at companies that maybe have a budget um, mm-hmm. or, or have a program, some kind of an academy. Um, you'll be surprised to hear that there are some companies out there that if they do provide them training, that if they were to leave or any circumstances, you get charged for it as an employee. Yeah which I think is a bit outrageous, but that's wow. another topic. Um, so these things do happen. And from a personal perspective, I think being in a very safe environment, so just like Anneli, it, it kind of uh, with myself, I went from one job to another job. And mm-hmm. I think this is the first time where I felt like I was in a safe environment where my manager was actually like, well, maybe what do you wanna do? you know Mm -hmm. and that question was flipped on me and i was like okay well i like recruitment it's been part of me i it's so part, such a big part of me uh, as a person Uh, but when i started thinking about it you know i was allowed that room to explore uh, my interests. so i started with volunteering so that's something i would advise that if you're searching start with the things that are you know things that might interest you first so start volunteering and again You need your manager or your employer's kind of support um, to do that, because with myself, my manager was very much on board and very supportive. He gave me the freedom to do that, which led me to this moment, sitting with you guys and talking about this topic and this discussion Mm -hmm. with me trying to advocate and really trying to help our clients as well to diversify their team, but also talk about real potential issues, because as a recruiter, that's what you do. We talk about very personal journeys of somebody's career. And in a lot of cases, those journeys were not always nice and not always pleasant. Um, So yeah, that's let me hear. And I I really believe that just like Anneli said, like, you're not always in a very privileged situation where you can ask. So somebody else has to ask you that question. So I think that's really important.
0: I love that. I love that. Um, I know that We sometimes have a habit of saying guys or saying y'all, but I just want to emphasize that um, we are here learning. We want to activate our uh, growth mindset and um, we're gonna use, or we're going to do our best to use the word folks or people so that more people can feel connected to that. And what definitely what you said, what I wanted to share was what if your manager doesn't support you? Is that the end of the game? And I want to hand this over to Stefan.
4: It's certainly not the end of the game. Um, but it tells you something about companies and the topic that we have about humanizing the workplace. Um, mm-hmm. If leaders don't change or leaders don't support their, they're to get better and to grow and to become better human at the workplace, but also in life, then that company has a problem. And I think that- yeah the company doesn't invest in their leadership teams. And I know that a lot of times employees as well, you start with investing a lot into leadership teams before you come to the the level below. But there's most of the times a good reason for that because the leaders need to set the tone of the rest of the company from a value perspective, initiative perspective, and understanding how to grow their employees. Um, So there's a good reason why companies try to do that. But if you have a leader that is not not supporting you, you really need to ask yourself the question you're working for the right company as well. And if you cannot go to the leader above that or a leader sideways and ask that question, and you get the same response, then you know for sure you're at the wrong company. Um, Second thing that I want to bring up in the discussions as well, as a human being, you need to continue to be curious as well, because when we hire people, we want to make sure that those people have a growth mindset or we see potential for somebody that they are able to grow and you need to push them there. There's many... um, that company has built a large L&D platform. They have all the tools out there. But initially, the teammates, makes that the employees need to pick up the tools themselves. But there's a little bit of a responsibility to yourself as well, for me, for a, for a leader, for an employee, to pick up the tools that are there and start getting into the, the rhythm of studying, being curious, understanding what the world is all about, because the world is going so fast. You already need to learn what is going to be valid in you know, two, three years from now. You look at how fast the internet goes from you know internet one two three to web three to metaverse all those things that are coming stay interested you know i'm, I'm a little bit older a white old privileged guy i'm in my 50s but i'm trying to understand what the what the next thing is that is coming so i can prepare myself to educate the people that are in my team or people around me um so i think that that is important as well
0: you're not the only one who's lagging i mean i'm not doing the TikTok thing, I know that I should, but there are so many other platforms that we should be on there. And what I really like is that you shared what you shared about the availability of using the training that is already in place. But sometimes people feel like they are in Disneyland, the Orlando version, where there are so many options, so many opportunities. And sometimes also all these opportunities are hidden in some kind of secret space where nobody knows where to reach them, and eventually a company invests in so many different training, but yet not that many people know their way to reach those uh, potential training, which is a shame. it is is a shame.
4: Comes back to you Ask the question. Yeah. No matter who you yeah. have to ask, ask the question. Because yeah, yeah. I agree, we we in HR invent all those beautiful platforms from an identity perspective. But if employees are not curious enough to pick those things up or just ask the right question, then you will not grow and that is in your, your personal life as well. you know when you go to a bar and you're going to have you know meet friends and stuff like that you ask open questions you want to learn about each other. Do that at work as well and that's why the topic yeah. you organize at the workplace is so important because you yeah. have a role as an employee as well. Role, you yeah. therefore we all have a role to play.
0: Yeah I like that.
3: Scott. I'm going to start with a little story that ultimately leads to my feelings about this, which build on something that Steph said a minute ago um, and that I'm somewhat radical about.
5: Okay, bring it on.
3: Thank you. When I was mid-career, I was an assistant um, counsel for a large government organization, hundreds of millions of dollars in its budget. And Mm -hmm. I was sitting before my boss, who was the chief attorney, expressing frustration because Everywhere I went, people seemed to be advancing due to mentors that they got or people that were helping them identify the various menus of professional development opportunities and just pushing them in that direction. And no one ever did it for me for a number of reasons. And he looked at me and he said, Scott, you're right. They don't do it for you. They will never do it for you. You will never have a mentor. I'm sorry to tell you, your personality and some characteristics about you are such is just not going to happen. And for a minute, I was devastated. Actually, for, for longer than a minute, I was devastated. But then he said, Scott, for someone like you, the choice is that you have to be your own mentor. Mm. The company will do so much, but mm-hmm. it's not obligated to do so.
1: Yep. It's nice
3: if it does, and it's. but it's even if it does, it's not obligated to do anything for you. And so, becoming my own mentor was something that I began to view as a personal responsibility that I had as an employee in that moment. The radicalism comes as I've moved along my path, which is believing that as nice as it is for companies to have that, as much as it is in their own interest to have those programs and support them for everybody, Mm-hmm. Every single human being, every single workplace, whether you're in a position of privilege or not in that workplace, you have something unique to offer. And it is your ethical obligation to bring it out in the world. If the universe has given you a unique platter of gold bars that is what you have to offer that's special and beautiful, and you choose to just turn it back and say, ah, thanks, but no thanks, I'm going to wait till my employer offers me bars of gold instead. You're doing an ethical wrong. To this day, I put together a professional development syllabus for myself of things that I need to know in order to develop, especially things that I hate. And I read and I follow them. If other opportunities come, heck yes, I grab them. And if I were to work for a large organization again, as I did afterwards, I did own that responsibility to try and find them. But I really do feel like humanizing the workplace, particularly from a self-development perspective, is aspirational, but it is dependent on us being willing to own, humanizing ourselves, treating yeah. ourselves with the full humanity and range of ethical obligations that each of us as individuals, given unique gifts, skills, and experiences, are obligated to bring out in the world. Call me radical. That's
0: who I am. You're not radical. And that's why we are having this conversation about um, I wish that I had known that when I was younger. And that's why I'm having this conversation open and clearly, because there are so many other things that we can do to sit in front of the bus instead of in the back of the bus when it comes to developing ourselves. Jared.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I think humanizing when I think of like humanizing the workforce and what's already been shared. Mm-hmm. The thing that keeps coming to mind for me is community. And all too often, yeah. community is associated with external involvement, mm-hmm. right? Like yeah. outside of work, your community. But I think, as a lot of the panelists mentioned, you know, the world is moving so quickly and those areas are becoming closely aligned. So I think of community being really important. And from a development developmental perspective, certainly, if you're at an organization that has all those L&D functionalities, there has to be that drive kind of what we've all been talking about to engage in those to learn. But I think something that a lot of organizations miss the boat on in terms of encouraging employees and employees themselves actually seeking these out are those employee resource groups. I think those employee resource groups allow for you to be a part of that community that I was talking about where you can talk to people that look like you, that experience some of the same pains and experiences that you experience in your daily walk, not just within work. And then those ERGs can allow people that may not be a member of that ERG to come in and hear and experience what the overall community of the organizational culture would be like. And I think that is a beautiful way to humanize the workforce.
0: True. I totally agree with you and also realize that um, in Europe, this phenomenon you're having a ERG group or having a business resource group or whatever, however they are called. Sometimes they are called affinity groups. It's not a normal common thing to have in every company. Some companies have network clubs or uh, other meetings. Uh, they may act as an ERG but also find if your company has an ERG or something alike where you can connect and learn from each other. I see so many comments. (laughs) I see Asiya, who is the sister, her sister is on the show as well. Lack of diversity is how I can predict an organization's behavior, especially their competitive advantage. I see also, uh, Matthew is sharing lifelong learner. I see a CR is sharing uh, self-development is so expensive though, which is why it's things when organizations lack diversity because there is a disproportionate uh, who receives investment in their development. I've always had to invest in my own since organizations. I unfortunately work for discourage the path that I wanted to walk. to. I want to share a tip and this is a free tip. You can do whatever you want to do Uh, LinkedIn when you google linkedin learning linkedin sometimes offers the opportunity to get your free certificate i don't know what it is uh where it is but when you google free linkedin certificate or course you may find a free linkedin certificate you can go to coursera coursera is also offering sponsorship as well um edx EdX is also a good um, a good platform to learn as well. And regarding your uh, whatever skills that you want to learn, reach out to different companies. Reach out to them. Some companies offer sponsorship, but they don't show it upfront maybe if you share your story and share why you want to what you want to do or where you want to grow that you can ask them so there's nothing wrong with asking them have a story explain why you want it and they might invest in you so don't give up there are so many opportunities that you can reach out to and definitely when you uh, like marine was sharing like when you are applying for a new job look at the job ad what is this company offering and how can you upskill yourself as well, because that's a must. I'm also seeing Hillary and she always knows how to challenge me. I'll have a conversation with her afterwards. Um, I missed it because um, let's say I did not have any mentors and I was dealing with other things. So now that I know When I know better, now that I know, I know better. I'll do better. And my way also for doing better is to share that knowledge and to open a space or share this conversation with so many people that a lot more people are aware that they can develop themselves. So um, it is indeed more than university and school, and also what Annelise shared. Of course, I've learned, but I wish I had invested in other ways to upskill my my knowledge as well. So um, and then she goes to ask. Oh, she has a question for the panel members. Uh, question to the panel: Is humanizing the workplace means that every organization is a fit for everyone? Marine. Um, so is humanizing the workplace means? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I
5: mean. I think every person is very different and unique. Mm-hmm. So it really depends on the organization and the development that they want people to have. And I think that's maybe it can clash. I mean, I've had, I've, I've worked in so many recruitment companies, there are so many trainings that they offer, but most of the time it's not the training I really want um so I think in terms of that yeah it's available uh it should be available but I think also uh some of the other panelists mentioned that you know it's your own self-initiative that you might have to uh take as well and might make it aware to whoever is responsible for that that you could highlight the issue or uh you know take whatever training is available and then expand on it um definitely Yeah. And
0: I forgot to also mention the company that Jared works for. They are not paying me, but I think that it's worth mentioning. They also offer courses from time to time or uh, offer free things as well. So just have a look in different ways. I think it's called MOC, uh, M O O C. When you Google for MOC courses, those courses can also offer you free certification. So um, listen to podcasts read books, listen to audio books, read articles, grow your mind like that. It's not always because you just have a certificate. It's not always the case that you are smarter. It's also how you apply things. Okay, then it goes. more people big organizations are slow to change which is a key in this changing world which is moving towards digitization and i want to give that question to steven what do you think about this comment
4: um it's true that if you work for larger organizations, it's harder to change. Right. Um, mm-hmm. What you normally hear in those conversations is uh, if you work for a small company, you're on a speedboat. It's easier to go left, right or or backwards. When you work at a bigger company, you work at an oil tanker. Mm. That turns not around. not
0: that. Not that oil tanker that last year
4: stranded. Right. Not that no, one. No, okay. No, that forgot to turn. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I I hate to make those generalizations because there's also a lot of big companies that have plenty of money and invest a lot of their money and funds into employees and have a big value system and have the right purpose why they they are on this planet to have that company actually be as big as they are. So it's very hard to to say, well, you should work for a smaller company because you're more flexible and learn differently than you Mm -hmm. work for a bigger company. It's a little bit like Marie said, Is it's, you know, every human being is different and therefore every company and every value system that company has needs to fit with you personally. And it might not be that a big company, you feel very, very comfortable there because you're you're a little bit, you know, you don't stick out as, as uh, some other people want to do. Smaller companies go way faster. You need to just take risks constantly and, and learn in that way. Uh, learning paths for everybody are completely different. Um, I've learned yeah. that throughout my life. I was studying you know, the skills that you need for your work. Nowadays, I've learned that I've listened like you, Vivian, to podcasts. I've learned from other people. And suddenly, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm listening to the metaverse because you know I didn't know what that was. It's not my expertise. I'm certainly not an IT person, although I, I do HR in IT companies. But there's so many, and it comes back to being curious, there's so many ways that you can learn and so many things that you, that you can learn. I shouldn't stop and saying, okay, I've learned this at school, so that's why I'm going that path. That might be the perfect path for you but there's a lot of people that want to have a broader you know view on life and how yeah. to do that is different for every person and that's yeah. what makes life interesting that makes life interesting for when you are working in hr it makes it interesting if you are a leader uh, because every human being that you know reports into you or that you work with as needs a different uh, approach And that is what humanization is all about right it's not like we did 20 years ago, where everybody came to the factory, and they did the same job for eight hours, and then left again, and you never speak to them. That's completely changing. And if you still have leaders that work that way, boy, then you need to ask yourself the question: Do I fit here, yes or no? Yeah.
1: Yeah. You know, one thing that you touched on there that really got me super excited is is that alignment between the the employee and the core values of the organization, like your yeah. print your core principles that you hone as a person. In the organization in one way and sometimes there's misalignment and you can catch that really early if you catch it late you're going to be a subject of burnout you're going to hate your job you're going to be jumping but if you catch it early that gives you the ability to decide if you want to invest in an organization so one way to do that again is to really leverage those ergs during the interview process hey um can i speak to the erg leader i just have like three quick questions i want to ask them exactly to gauge what the culture's like Right? Yeah.
0: You you're you're, you're,
1: you're going to keep that yeah. guarded and not share that with you. Probably a red flag, right?
0: You're talking about something that um my former before the lockdown, I think during the lockdown, I I spoke with Kanika Talwar. She has an amazing book. I forgot the title, but she says we need to date our jobs. Before we commit to the marrying the job, we need to have different dates with different companies, with different departments and Maybe a small company might not be with you. Maybe a small company isn't ideal for you, but you never know until you test the water. So date them, do a speed date, whatever way it works. Yeah, date that. your speed job. Date. <laughs> <laughs> I am going to go to this question and I am curious, Anneli, does becoming your own, I know that um, Scott mentioned it, becoming your own mentor requires a certain level of self-reflection among other qualities and competences. So to speak up or speak out is a quality on its own. Are you your own mentor?
2: I think this is a great question. And it it definitely stuck out to me because indeed to speak up or speak out, it's not Mm -hmm. something everybody is born with. And It can also the more i'm working uh, i work in the intercultural field it is extremely cultural Mm -hmm. how we speak out and if and when we do um so it, it is often attached to privilege and i come back to that you know if we are in a position where we are in an organization that welcomes speaking out um that you're in a safe surrounding that for one makes it a lot easier um but I do think it definitely requires self-reflection mm-hmm. and possibly also maybe a different approach uh, from the from the leadership of the of the team that you're in. For example, um, we briefly in one of the comments, someone touched upon. you know, does it have to be the same? Do you then turn into kind of a monoculture? Yeah. But actually, I think it's almost it's the opposite. If you create a space or an environment where people can can actually be, they don't need to change themselves when they come into the workplace. If we put it like that, then that gives people the opportunity to be their own kind of mentor as well. But I think we, as much emphasis, I'm fully behind being a lifelong learner, but we do need to as well think about the responsibility of the organizations to sometimes provide an environment for that. Um, Because sometimes culturally people are not not that they're not able but they choose not to speak out or speak up in certain situations because it's not what they've been raised to do it's not correct in quotations in their terms and that can mean that people do get left behind yeah. and i think that is the importance of of seeing people as individuals especially you know we are working more interculturally these days and diversity is great but we can't expect to increase diversity, and then be surprised when we have diverse opinions and thoughts and things like that in a room. That's the joy of diversity. But I believe that the work is inclusion and belonging, you know, diversity should happen. And of course, we should keep the quotas as long as they're needed. But the work really has to come into making spaces. Yeah, inclusive enough that people can um, speak out and I believe stand out is uh, what Robert put in the quote.
0: Yeah, and I, I I totally agree with you is together, we need to set a temperature without setting that temperature, our dish, our oven or our cake, is it going to be able to set? So if we don't agree upon that dish and that temperature, what ideal length, otherwise our cake will not be a cake or it will burn. And that's not what you want in the workplace as well. Um, I wanted to share, I wanted to ask Scott something. Um, Matthew was sharing about, we are switching hats on a daily basis. Some people are teachers, some people are knowers and we will switch hats on a daily basis. In what stage are you now?
3: personally yeah all it's interesting when i there was a while where i was the functional equivalent of a coo for a a Mm -hmm. government organization and i brought in one of the leaders in my staff into my office and she was mad because someone else was attempting to mentor her she said i'm 41 Mm. years old i'm too old to to be a mentor i've learned everything that i need to i'm i should be mentoring other people I told her, let's keep it real. I'm higher on the org chart than you are. I'm blown away by (laughs) how much mentoring I need. The Mm -hmm. more I learn, the the bigger the ocean of my ignorance becomes. And I feel like as I attempt to mentor people or become more of a teacher myself, even if it is in how to effectively teach people, (laughs) I'm blown away by how little I know. In fact, I think that the most, when it comes to the question that we just had before this um, about self-reflection, yeah. as we examine the roles that we are playing, being self-reflective enough to at least understand that you don't know everything and mm-hmm. that maybe they- body of knowledge out in the universe, even if it is just the professional knowledge within our own field, is always so massive that it's impossible, I believe, to approach work from anything um, nearing a sustainable perspective without aggressively keeping on the learner hat forever. In martial arts, black belt is as often as not viewed as the beginning of your real mastery not the final mastery at all. Think about that in the work world context too.
0: Thank you, thank you. I see so many other comments. So Piero is sharing, let's humanize the brand, the whole company and not the workplace. I totally agree. Michael shared the book. The book is called Career Rehab by Kanika Tolver. Definitely uh, uh, a good and inspiring book to look at your career in a different way. Seanette is sharing. Hi, Vivian. Hi, everybody. Hi, Anneli as well. ASIA is sharing DEI seems to be a trend with historical, not so friendly organization. How can organizations make sure that their intentions are aligned with their action? Is there one let, let's keep it at three words, Jared, three words maximum.
1: Is there one way to ensure that the organization's words align to their action? Um, I, I mean, I think it's accountability, right? Like from a lot of people talk about the top down approach and having leaders. Mm-hmm. I know this is more than three words. But I, a lot I of people was people just talk about, about to
2: beef you. <laughs> <coming> up,
1: <laughs> a lot of people talk about the top down approach. That's important because you have to, yeah. have leaders to, to show what's important to mm-hmm. them. But I think what often gets brushed over in these conversations is the accountability being a two-way street. So yeah. I would accountability. So if you're working for an organization and they're all smoke when it comes to core values, I think kind of what we we talked about early in this discussion is having that conversation where, hey, I don't understand. When I was hired on, you said we stood for this, this, and this. But now we're in the community doing this, this, and this. Help me understand. So it puts them in a situation to have them to explain where there's some misalignment. So I would say accountability and sorry for going over three words. Y'all folks, not y'all. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Thank you. Finally three words, (laughs) maybe five.
2: (laughs) Um, I would say if they empower their employees, so, Mm -hmm. um, empowerment, Mm -hmm.
0: that's
2: one. Um, And as well, if if they talk the talk, but also yeah. walk the walk, I think yeah. the visions and principles and things of all companies sound amazing. If only that was in practice. Yeah. Um, so I think an align, maybe alignment. That's the word I will go with. There. Alignment yeah. of vision. Um. And also room for growth i think that is something if companies can provide that from senior management down um yeah that's extremely important
0: yeah i do do want to say room for growth on both parties Hmm. i often explain that this diversity it's not a game this diversity introspective it's like the biggest ocean like the great pacific some of us are swimming in the Great Pacific, but some of us are not even ready yet to jump in the kiddie pool. And the kiddie pool is just like this, this level of water. But we also need to realize that we need to guide people to reach the next level so that they can reach swimming lane one, swimming lane two, swimming lane three, and eventually feel comfortable to swim in the smaller oceans to eventually the Great Pacific. There has to be understanding and growth on both parties as well. And that's yeah. sometimes missing on the other end as well. Yeah. Maureen.
5: Um, agree with Jared and Anneli. Um, mm-hmm. I would say empathy. Mm, my favorite word. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Vulnerability um, and transparency. Mm. I think if that, if you can reach that on your top level, it can trickle down. And I think, I think it's so powerful uh, yeah. if you can address that.
0: I'm already thinking in as a word cloud. I'm gonna do a word cloud of all these words. Thank you, Stefan.
4: Yeah, responsibility and I transparency as one of the, the key mm-hmm. points as well. Because mm-hmm. do do companies do it for the right reasons? And if you're transparent, you can double-check yourself if they're doing it for the right reasons. Do they do it for the shareholders? Do they do it because other companies are doing it as well? Do they do it because yeah. of the competition? Or do they do that because of the value system that they have as a company? And I think that that yeah. is a crucial check and balances for yourself as an employee or as a leader working for that company. Are they doing it for the right reasons?
0: Yeah, you also mentioned something interesting where I see when people or companies, organizations are are getting subsidized, right, by the government or by, for instance, the EU. Uh, they all have rules in place. What are you doing regarding diversity? How are you showcasing that? And what are you doing now to improve where you are within five years? And if you're not able to share an answer, then that might be that you're not getting funded. That might be that other people might not see your company as interesting, but also that might be that you're missing out on talent. And in the beginning, I mentioned that if a competitor or a talent can choose to a competitor that is offering all the different benefits that check the box and your company is not offering, well, the choice is easily made. Especially yeah. with the attention span that people have right now, they can leave sooner than later.
4: But I particularly like the companies that are humble and not necessarily yeah. tweeting or making LinkedIn posts about the things that they do, but do the right <laughs> thing while nobody else is looking. That That is the most important thing for me. So do they mm-hmm. do all the right things at the right times yeah. without making a fuss around it? They just do the right things because they know it's the right thing to do. Yeah. And, you know, it will be also awesome Whenever we have a, something going on in the world, there's a lot of noise around it and with all good intentions. So don't get me wrong there. But there's also a lot of people that tweet out and, and make posts around it, but internally they're not really doing anything with it. So it's more like a marketing tool. And it comes back to what Jared talked about as well the value. Are they posters on the wall or are you actually doing something with that internally in your company?
0: So does Dan Price fit in the good part? I don't know. A lot of people might not know Dan Price, but Dan Price is a CEO who lowered his salary and raised the salary to keep it as a standard of a minimum salary of $70,000 when they enter. He doesn't have a problem with finding talent. Yet again, he has, uh, how do you say it? An An overload of talent. And there's so much more that he is sharing what we all can learn from. Scott.
3: I think the one thing that hasn't been mentioned amongst Mm -hmm. the incredible responses so far has simply been to the extent to which the language within the organization, and Vivian, this sort Mm. of touches on something that you mentioned earlier, um, is couched, with regards to DEI, is couched in terms of regulatory or other compliance. Or whether it is something that is said with genuine um, or or, are practiced um, without, with a sense of uh, boldness or a fearlessness around consequences. If consequences are the things that the organization is attempting to avoid, then to me that's, or if the language is principally focused around potential consequences, then you can be pretty sure that it is a post facto. approach that is being forced psychologically upon the company as opposed to one that is proactive. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Sometimes a company will fall. Sometimes a manager will fall or department fall, right? Even though when we look up and I'm not going to name uh, names, but when we look up to all these big names and you eventually see an article in the news saying that, oh, they slipped up when it comes to diversity, but know that. When you're dealing with so many people, you cannot always get it right. What is important is what you're doing after. How are you coming up from that? Are you learning? Are you applying your growth mindset? Or are you applying your fixed mindset and say, well, we need to ban uh, saying gay, for instance, in a state. We need to ban everything. And that's why I love, um, I'm going to only say things what I loved about the Oscars. And that is that part, the beginning. No, I'm, 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 I'm being petty and being salty, but there is enough said about the other things. I want to highlight the good things that happened, like Beyonce's performance. Watch that. And the other thing is, yeah, I'm a, I'm a beehive fan, so just so you know. But the other thing is also the opening of the Oscars. It was also about embracing being able to say the word gay, because I know that Florida... Has banned that. And that to me, it is closing our minds, our hearts for young people, older people to be able to develop themselves in their new way of becoming. And if that is already written in the law saying that you're not allowed, that's heartbreaking. So thank you all. I mean, so many comments it's on overload i want to say thank you to all my amazing panel members uh i know that tonight was a free way of hosting things i hope that you you got a lot out of it at least i did it's always a pleasure and sometimes challenging to host these sessions because i i want to listen instead of hosting but I really enjoyed the conversation and thank you all for sharing your insights as well. Those who commented via the tweets or via the PM or via LinkedIn or whatever platform, thank you. And in next two weeks, uh, over two weeks, I'll be hosting a similar conversation with different people same topic and i'm looking forward to that so thank you all and panel members please stay don't disappear i'm going to say goodbye to everybody but please stay (laughs) thank you all for joining this conversation bye everybody
5: Bye bye bye